Welcome to another episode of Kraken, a podcast where we crack the code to the you inside of you by exploring various authentic social perspectives surrounding intricate and multifaceted topics. Today we are here with Brett Zuver. Mr. Zuver has worked as the superintendent of Grant Public Schools since 2019. Prior to becoming superintendent, he was building high school principal and athletic director from 2008 to 2016. Between 1998 and 2007, Mr. Zuver, also known as Coach Zuver, was the men's basketball head coach and instructor at Emory University. He also coached at Colorado College from 1993 to 1998. From 1991 to 1993, he was an assistant basketball coach at Northwestern Oklahoma State University, where he was also a student. Brett, welcome. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you asking me. I would love to get your input on AI and education. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that uh, is really, you know, has been creeping, creeping this direction for a while. But uh, talking to educators from across the state of Michigan, anyways, um, some, some, there's a, some people are nervous. Some people are embracing it. It's, it's interesting. It is literally two completely opposite camps of uh, schools of thought. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be something that's going to be tricky. For, in my opinion, it's here already. Um, we need to find the best way to harness it and use it as an educational tool because there's so many great things that uh, that AI can do to enhance, you know, students with differentiation of instruction, maybe students that struggle with traditional learning. Uh, there's there's a ton of ways to do it, but also the, there's another camp of thought that um, all students are going to do is uh, instead of doing any research or actual learning, they'll type in a subject into ChatGPT or, or some sort of AI platform and entire reports will be generated themselves and, uh, and learning and creativity will cease. So we're, uh, we're at the cusp of trying to figure out policy and uh, the best ways we can use it. And where are you at right now um, in your schools in regards to students' ability to use uh, technology in school? Are they able to get on open AI in school? Uh, do you have strict policies and regulations and are your teachers nervous about where that's leading? Yeah. Yeah. Students are able to use it for sure. And what's interesting, and it's a great question you asked about policies and regulations. We don't have any yet because it's, <laughs> it's something that we kind of knew was coming, but didn't realize it was coming so quickly with some of the, uh, with some of the changes and the upgrades that have happened so far. So, um, it's a discussion our uh, principals have been having with myself, and we've been talking to other districts um, in the areas as well to kind of see what they're doing. And ironically enough, our high schools just had a staff meeting last week, and that was a big topic of discussion at their staff meeting was artificial intelligence in schools. And so they actually, as a group, opened up an AI platform. I'm not sure which one they used, but asked AI to create policies for using AI in schools. And and it was interesting to see what it generated literally within four seconds. It generated very, very thorough and thoughtful uh, policy suggestions for, uh, you know, for school to adopt. Now, from your understanding of AI with, with students and, and with even student athletes as being a coach, how do you yeah. see AI being used from an assessment standpoint to be able to help elevate the student's opportunity, not only in school, but in sports. In some of the research that I've done, there's, there's a lot of unbelievable positive opportunities for AI to take shape. Um, one of them would be like using them as almost like instructional assistance. We have a sort of adaptive tool 
thing to help students, helping explain difficult concepts or um, helping with some different types of research. I know we've got, uh, there's, uh, as you know, there's a wide variety of uh, students who have uh, different abilities. Some of them have uh, special education services, IEPs or 504 plans, or maybe not able to be in school all the time or um, learn in different ways. And so being able to adapt some of the lessons uh, for our students to be able to um, have the best opportunities to grasp the concepts and um, complete some sort of understanding of what we're trying to teach is a great thing. Being able to differentiate instruction in a classroom where maybe we've got multiple languages being spoken, um, but the teacher is only fluent in one or two languages, um, being able to use artificial intelligence to help create uh, lesson plans like uh, in, in a different language that the, that the student doesn't necessarily speak just to help with communication is a big thing um lots of things as far as even uh, you could use it as like a teacher assistant um i know some districts some teachers use it to help um, enhance their lesson planning um like we talked about differentiating instruction helping and developing quizzes it's uh, actually some other superintendent friends of mine use it to draft all of their communication to community, uh, to their community, to their board, to their staff. I'm not to that point yet. I like to write <laughs> and, I, and I like to stretch my brain and come up with uh, creative sayings or thoughts or words. But uh, I know uh, one superintendent in particular um, every week will um, enter in some of the bullet points they want to talk about for the district as an update to their school board and will ask um, ask the AI to create a document that is completely non-political. And he said it takes literally three seconds and his entire communication is done. So, um, you know, so there's a different variety of things like that. As far as with student athletes, that's a great question. I would, I would like to think too, just even, um, opportunities from a coaching standpoint uh, to be able to scout and to give uh, student athletes a, a better idea of what, um, you know, fundamental work and things like that, diff different communication types, again, like like we talked about in education, you know, any type of athletic team is literally just a classroom on a court or on a field or in an arena, um, being able to help students with uh, different types of learning and ways to excel that way. Um, so, yeah, so there's, there's a variety of ways that it can be used very positively. And is there a fear, um, I guess more so by administrators, teachers, that students will rely too much on technology and lose focus of their authentic passion for yeah. writing and reading and all of those things? Yeah, absolutely. And I do know a handful of districts, again, in Michigan, and I'm assuming this is probably going to be similar nationwide. Some high schools have done away completely uh, out of just the fear of AI and not sure how to handle it, not sure how to regulate it, not sure how to, um, like you had mentioned, institute policies yet. So they have gone back to the old school um, Coach, you and I are about the same age. You remember, may remember in college when you had to do essay tests, you had to go to the bookstore and get, I think it was called like a blue book, where yes. it was uh, just a <laughs> lined paper on a blue, you know, 10, 15, 20 pages of lined paper. Um, so that that's all that some some we're not doing that. But some uh, some high schools that uh, we've talked to, that's what they've resorted to. Diversity within the schools. How do you see AI being able to understand the diversity of students 
in regards to their learning styles, their speeds? Is it one? Is it at one speed for all? Or how, how do you see AI being able to work for, for being able to teach students at different levels? Yeah, I honestly think it's going to make things easier to do that. Just if I'm a 10th grade, 11th grade um, history teacher, and I may have four students, you know, if I've got 28 to 30 students in my class, four or five of them may have IEPs, two of them may have a 504 plan, um, and then ones that are general education students who may not have any extra services for help are still going to be all over the place. You're going to have, you know, this is just a generalization, but probably eight, nine kids that are pretty motivated and um, don't need a lot of extra time from me as the teacher. Then you're going to have a handful of students that really struggle and have a handful on the bubble that do okay, but really, you know, they don't cause a problem. So you're not going to notice them as much. So just being able to have different opportunities and different ways to reach all of the students and for the upper end students, have them, you know, push beyond and push further. That's one thing, too, that I think a lot of schools sometimes forget about public schools, not all of them, but there's a lot of money and a lot of effort and energy spent on um, making sure the majority of our students reach statewide proficiency on tests. You know, it's sometimes those bubble kids or even the high achieving kids don't have quite as many resources put towards them to help them really push and exceed. So being able uh, to have that opportunity to have uh, teachers differentiate instruction. Um, and like you said, even with equity, whether it's socioeconomic, whether it's racial, whether it's nationalities, different languages, um, it's really, we're going to really going to open, open some doors. I know in our school district, we've got about 30% of our students are Spanish speaking. Um, and that is not reflected in the number of staff members we have. It's, it, it's hard, you know, it's hard to find, uh, quality teachers these days, let alone teachers that are bilingual. That's, that's really, really difficult. So um, having, having that opportunity um, to have uh, an ability to completely have your lesson plan. And there has been such a thing as Google Translate and all that, which is okay, but to have, um, to be able to enter your lesson plans for the weekend and have it come out in maybe two or three different languages or have it come out, um, enter, um, I've got the student and with their IEP, which, you know, under special education needs has this need, that need, that need, enter that and come up with a, um, personalized lesson plan for that student. That's still going to hit what they need to hit, but it, it, it's just going to make time for the teacher easier. And they can actually spend time with the students instead of trying to figure out the best way to reach Again, if there's 30 different kids, there's going to be 30 different learning styles. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's very, very exciting. And that's one thing that we're really trying to work with teachers on is, you know, there's there's always going to be some that think, well, students are going to cheat. They're going to do this. They're going to do that, which there's going to be some of that. You know, we're not naive enough to think that's not going to happen. But we also want them to understand that students are going to be able to use it to help enhance their work just like you know, if, if you're going to need help with lesson plans and it's going to make your life easier, why isn't it, why is it okay for you to use it to help yourself with your work, but it's not okay for the students to use it for their work? You know what I mean? Mr. Zuber, thank you for this interview. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for your time and continued best of Glad luck. to do it. I appreciate you asking me. Absolutely. You, it's, uh, it's exciting.